Lauren here. Just a heads up before this episode begins that the topic of rape and fairly graphic topic of rape comes up several times. So if this is a difficult subject for you, this might not be the episode for you. If you have been a victim of assault, you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. Welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I have seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time experiencing these episodes. And today we are reviewing the season finale. So season one, episode 23, The Strip Strangler. Original air date is May 17th, 2001. Director is Danny Cannon, and writers are Anthony E. Zyker and Anne Donahue. And we open up with scenes of the Vegas Strip, and then we pop on over to an apartment complex. But before we get there, very critical, what is our final Vegas score for season one of CSI? It's funny you would say scenes of the Vegas Strip because there was only one. One. Okay, sorry. And it was the... Shots. I should have said shots of the Vegas Strip. Maximum. It was the maximum length that it can be, I think. And then I still only have a Vegas score of one. So after having no ones for We have two ones in a row. One episode. So we got two in a row. Nice. I like that they're not really ending it with much Vegas. They're like, let's end season one. Not that much Vegas. There's a couple like uh, intershot Vegas scenes. But again, we have not. That's not part of the Vegas. I should refer to this as the Vegas opening score. Yes. That's really what it is. I'll be really interested. I'm I'm gonna bet season two, episode one has a pretty good score. We shall find you're gonna have you're gonna want to get a lot of new viewers. You really want to remind them where they are. Yeah, you know? where we are. So we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. So we go to an apartment complex, we then kind of weave our way into a woman's bedroom. She wakes up, we then see an attacker in her bedroom, and we see like the iron, the attacker like kind of pulling the iron and like the iron cord, which comes into play a lot later. We move on over to Grissom arriving at the scene. Jim Brass is already there. We learn that the victim is Eileen Jane Snow. And this is when we learn that she is not the first victim of this attacker. She is the third victim. There have been two other victims that have had the similar like MO and signature. And... We also learn, and I will will have already put up a warning before this episode, because this episode gets rough. So this is definitely an episode that needs a warning ahead of it. So you should have already heard a warning, but if you have not, if you somehow skipped over the initial warning, here's your warning now. This is a really rough episode in a lot of ways, and we're going to talk about things that can be understandably very upsetting to a lot of people. So we learn that the victim has been raped by like a foreign object, and that the attacker strangles the victim and then like poses them like a pinup. So this is like what has been the same across all three victims to this point. And I have a whole conversation about MO versus signature. Signature, yes. Like MO is how they enter. Signature is like what they do as like part of the act. So Sarah enters. She is very upset. She's immediately very upset. And I'm sure that Nick will have some comments about this because I did. Her and Grissom go out in the hallway and he tells her after he's been emotional as hell the last like four or five episodes, 
he tells her, no emotions here. Yeah. Oh, okay, Grissom. So you you can be all emotional. You can let your emotions get all over the case. But heaven forbid that anybody on your team gets emotional, especially when it comes to a serial killer. Like Sarah's very understandably like these women have been through some horrible, horrible things. And we really want to stop this guy. And Grissom's like, no, 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 don't. Don't let those emotions get the better of you here. Yeah. I, I actually don't think they did. I, I feel like they continue to do Sarah dirty. I feel oh like. Oh my gosh. Because like she would know what she's showing up to. And she, I think that she is a very professional like person. Yes. And so like her, her anger or frustration, like those would show, but it wouldn't be like the way the line was delivered was kind of weird to it was weird. weird. But yeah, there's a lot of a uh, do as I say, not as, not I, do, as I do Grissom <laughs> uh, in this episode. I also have a great note about gloves later on. <laughs> Ooh, awesome. All right. I'm, a, Class, I'm looking forward to it. Classic no gloves Grissom. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I don't have that in my notes. So I'm very excited. I love when Nick notices things that I miss. So we then go to credits. After credits, we go back to the scene. Warwick and Sarah are there processing. We learn that the attacker cleaned up after himself. He took the vacuum bag. So we learn that he most likely vacuumed and then took the vacuum bag with him. Catherine enters. She tells him, hey, you're not going to find any prints. He's Mr. Clean and he doesn't leave any prints. Warwick does find a hair, though, which comes back later. The sheriff walks in and he tells Grissom that he needs to talk to Grissom outside. So they do a little walk and talk as they head out outside. The sheriff lets him know that he's bringing the FBI in and then introduces Rick Culpepper, who is the FBI agent. And so I have a spot guest star for Rick Culpepper. Okay, I I was curious because I was like, this guy looks familiar. But again, I had a moment of does he look familiar? Because I've seen this episode like four times at this point. Yeah. And that's why I think he looks familiar. So he's one of those guys who's in like so like many that shows that you've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think there's a I think he was in is it the killing or with with Gillian Anderson? No, that was the fallen. Sorry. Yeah, well, I might be in both of those. What's the one that's like really slow and whatever? And then he's, and there's also one with Kevin Bacon. I think he's in. The, I saw he was in that one too. But one of those, he's in like a bunch of episodes. Okay. I, and I've seen that one. But yeah, no, I recognize him for a million things he's been in. I think some Avengers stuff. Okay. He's always plays like a lot of like a very similar character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I looked his eye. He's been acting and stuff. 50 years. Good for him. He's been, he was in a payback with, with, with uh, Mel Gibson. He's like a big character. Oh, okay. In okay. that movie. So that's probably the, the most famous role, like big role that he's had. But yeah, he's been in so many things that I was like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not a thousand percent certain, but I've seen many things with him in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, but I have a much bigger spot well, to yes. for later. Well, yes. Yes, we do. Which we I'm, sure, much, I'm sure you will get. We do have a much bigger one for later on. So yeah. we learn that the investigation has to run through him. Grissom is like willing to work with him in a sense, but wants to work in like conjunction. So he doesn't want to give the case over. He's willing to work in conjunction with the FBI. And this is when we learn the moniker that they've given the serial killer, which is the strip strangler. So that's yeah. where, hence the name of the episode. It was a whole explanation. And I felt like he was trying to be punny with it, but then his Grissom, delivery wasn't. Then Grissom had a very like formulaic wording for how he referred to him. Yes. And he was like, what? Yeah, yeah. We then meet Sid Goggle. He's a security card at the apartment complex. And he tells them that he saw a car like burning rubber out of there. So they go to take his statement. 
I mentioned this because this becomes very important later on. Yes. In the All of those facts. <laughs> All of those facts become very important later on. It sounds like a doesn't really matter. It comes back around, guys. There's if a you line the in like, the next scene or two that I was like, oh, when the sec- this is a classic second walkthrough. I went, oh, what a great foreshadowing. Yes, I I will also agree that that's I didn't necessarily catch it that great on the first watch through. On the second one, I was like, oh, that's like that's that's what you're saying. So. We head on over to Grissom and Nick with Doc Robbins. We learn that the latest victim was tortured for six hours before she was killed. Oh, we also I, learn... I just want to say killed with air quotes because I had to rewatch this scene. That actor is easily very Oh, is she breathing? breathing. <laughs> <laughs> like her whole neck has gone, like her neck that's been slashed yeah, over yeah. is just rising and falling. is she dead i think she's supposed to be dead she is supposed to be dead a hundred percent she is supposed to be dead victim is supposed to be dead in this this instant we learned that they find a polymer in the her uterine wall and this is when we also learn the fact from grissom that and this plays back in when we loop back around to this that signatures return to their scenes yes keep that in mind folks that haven't watched the episode signatures return to their scenes which is a definite foreshadowing the other thing was did they never really tell you what the polymer they found inside this victim is but i swear to god it's part of one of those black lids on a coffee cup yeah i don't think they ever really i don't think they ever really come back to that crime part of it yeah Yeah. i don't think they do then we also learned that that doc robbins found some fibers they appear to be cotton and terry cloth we then go to they have this whole whole conversation about if you find this guy this will be this towel then you'll have your killer. And, I'll, and I had to write down in my notes in all caps. You have his DNA. You do not need a towel. Yeah, you don't need a towel to prove it's <laughs> to him. To prove it's his... the guy. But come to find out. <laughs> I know. We'll learn. So this this plays very well into the next scene. So we go to Catherine with Greg Sanders. The semen does match across all three crime scenes. Greg Sanders also points out that there's a unknown red substance in the ejaculate. So... There is the ejaculate plus like random red substance that's not blood. They know at this point it's not blood, but they don't know what it is. We, listeners, we we loop back around to this. Catherine then walks into the sheriff in the hallway. They have a brief exchange where she's saying like, oh, I'd like to continue this conversation, but I don't have an office. And he's like, that's part of what I want to talk about. Bump, 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 foreshadowing. We go to Sarah looking at a hair from the scene. Warwick walks in. We learn from Sarah that there is no skin tag on the hair. So this is not like a ripped out from the scalp because that should have a skin tag alongside of it. This is probably planted there. And then both of their pagers go off because, you know, it's 2001 and their pagers go off. Can I say, is it not possible? Do you know how many hairs you lose in a day? All the time. They're like, they're just immediately like, oh, he must have planted this. Not that he lost it. I have such thick hair so obviously nick knows me in person i have such thick hair i lose i don't know how much hair every day i'm sure a lot and i would never notice and it doesn't have skin tags because i'm not like ripping it out of my head it just happens to like fall out of the very thick hair that i have atop of my head that was like my one problem this scene i was like you cannot just dismiss this as planted right now like later on there's a lot of reasons to think yes uh, later on there are a lot of reasons but but right right now, now you should 
and also like there's still value in that hair sample if it's if you think it's your killer's right. hair sample, right? Yeah, yeah. Color, yeah. I don't know, not like length, but like thickness yeah. or something. Yeah. So we go to Nick and Grissom in the hallway. Nick is Nick is saying to Grissom, I'm like, oh, you'd like why do you page me for this meeting? Grissom's like, what are you talking about? And then Sarah and Warwick join. And then we realize that they're all going into a meeting with the FBI. And But Grissom dismisses the team. They walk in and then Grissom is like, nah, team out, dismisses the team. And this is when we learn the FBI's plan to send Seidel in as a decoy because she fits the victim profile. She's like a tall brunette, like younger, tall brunette. And that's, that's yeah. like his victim of choice. I was trying to think like it's a big city. There's a lot of supermarkets or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like how quickly is this guy re-killing? You know what I mean? Like evidently very quickly. <laughs> evidently he is not taking a lot of downtime in between. Yeah. Cause victims. I'm thinking like, like, do you know any, how much time you would have to spend at a grocery store to just luck into running into this guy? Yeah. 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 You know? And, yeah. But that's TV drama for you. Yeah, 100%. And Sarah is saying like she wants to do this. And then I, I had to make this note. Grissom talks to Sarah as if she's like a four-year-old child. He's like, sit down, Sarah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, you can disagree. Like, you can not think that her being a... Like, that's fine. Like, that's a totally valid thing to be like, I don't want her to be a decoy in this situation. Do not talk to your employee like they're a three-year-old child. They are not a three-year-old child. Like, she is a grown woman. She's an accomplished scientist. Please do not speak to her this way. Like, this is a very uncomfortable way to speak to her. And then Grissom is letting, you know, the FBI know that, like, this killer knows enough forensics to be dangerous. This is, you know, not how they should be trying to pursue him. Yada, yada, yada. We then go, we have this, I guess this sets up a scene later on, but we have an odd scene where Nick goes back to the apartment where we we see the first where they found the first, the, well, not the first victim of the killer, but the first victim of the episode. And he ends up finding a reporter in the closet who scares the living daylights out of him. And they have a back and forth. And he just lets the reporter go. I He's could... just like, yeah, no, don't don't publish any of these pictures or anything. But like, peace on out. And I won't get you arrested for breaking into a all, crime scene. All of that evidence is now null and void. It's all null and void. She tampered. You don't know what she tampered and, with or what she and... touched. You knew it, and then you didn't tell it. And then you didn't do anything about it. It's so strange. So it it does set up a later scene, but it's still very, very But not really. That wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. No. No. To set up the later scene, I don't think that this is necessary. But I think they wanted to introduce her before that scene. I think there were other scenes that maybe got cut. Like like maybe she had a bigger role in the show. Yeah, maybe she had a bigger role. Yeah, I can see that. I can 100% see that. We then have Catherine back with Greg Sanders and we learned that all of the ejaculate samples, like from all of the crime scenes had the red stuff. And then we learned the red stuff is ketchup and that he adds it to the ejaculate. So it's not like Catherine had this weird thing where she was like, is it organic? As in like, he's ejaculating ketchup. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> so all that's I not... Th- <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not. I'm not a biology major here, so I could be wrong. But I think you could eat a lot, a lot of ketchup, and you you, you still wouldn't ejaculate ketchup. You could eat as much. Like ketchup that's just as you not want. how that works. I don't. Think. No. You have to stick your uh, member into a lot of ketchup bottles before 
I just like it was just so strange where she was just like, "Oh, is it organic or is he adding it in?" And I was like, "What?" Like <laughs> he's obviously adding it in. Like how is that? Even maybe, it was, maybe, it's, maybe it's eating a cheeseburger over the bed. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is, and I'm just totally misinterpreting the scene. Feel free to correct uh, me, listeners. I, also, I just was like, can, "What is happening?" I wanted to say that the the they do this whole scene with like the microscope and they show like the semen, and all I can think is they had. A plot of an entire episode was about the tails being eaten yes. off by yeah, the bacteria. Yeah, 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 yeah. So sort of my time, and I'm thinking, like, if you're getting art, like, if you're getting, if you're getting this from somewhere, and like later on, like, it doesn't. I know we don't really learn that till later, but spoiler, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I was like, they didn't really keep up with that strategy. But yeah, that was that was the other thing on the second walkthrough. I was like, oh yeah, why why is this all still so intact? Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, and. So we then go to Catherine with Grissom in his office. And this is where we learn that Catherine has been listening to the sheriff and kind of alludes that she could take over more than just this case, according to what the sheriff has been telling her. And I am the English major here, but I feel like I need your correction here. She tells Grissom to be more politic. Is that the right verbiage? Isn't it more political or more like politically savvy? I just feel like I've never heard someone say be more politic. So I feel like we. But maybe that is the right term, and I'm just like not used to hearing it. I feel like we would say the phrase political, right? Right. But like politic is like an adjective, but also like a lot of times when we talk about what's there's a French phrase I think real politic, which is like. I, I think it literally means the real politics or whatever. Okay. And so like I could see it like I've, I've heard it used in that context. In that, yeah. That's what I was like. I, I'm like, I'm sure it has been. I'm just like, oh, it just sounded like it just didn't like sad. It didn't flow well for yeah, me. But we typically say to someone, you need to be more political. Right. Or like politically savvy. I think I'd probably say you need to be more politically savvy. Yeah. I, I don't know what the uh, adverb versus adjective breakdown mm. is. But I think that that's more an archaic form of the word yeah. these days. But you know what writers like? Vocabulary. It's true. It's true. Nick walks in. He knocks. He walks in. And this is when we learn that the killer has been wearing thick latex gloves. Not just regular latex gloves because those leave prints. He's been wearing thick latex gloves because those don't leave prints. So this is when we learn this. We then go to Grissom with Jim Brass. He's in Jim Brass's office. And I mean, I love Jim Brass, but Jim Brass is like, could this be Paul Melander? Yeah. And Grissom is like, no, like the, the, these two cases are like entirely different. It's not Paul Melander. I feel like that's really there for the audience, right? <laughs> yeah, I had to laugh. He's just like, what the, are you? For the viewer at home who thinks this might be related back to the plot line that we abandoned yeah. 20 episodes you, ago. It's not. It's not. This is not the it's same not, thing. It's unrelated. It's Paul unrelated. Mo- Paul Melander will never be seen again. This is when we also learn that Jim Brass does also does not like using Saracidal as a decoy, but sort of lets it slip to Grissom that the FBI is still going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, they can't have Sarah. And, and Jim Brass is like, all right, well, they took her. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. So we go to what I label decoy HQ. So they're like... The van. <laughs> yeah, the van and all the vans and all of the FBI personnel. And this is where we learned that the sting operation is going to happen at a grocery store where 
it was confirmed that two of the uh, two other of the victims have chopped. And this is where Sarah and Grissom has a, have an exchange and Sarah lets him know, you know, this is my idea. And, you know, we tried it your way, but it's taking too long and I need to do something and wish me luck. And so she goes in. So we pan to the grocery store and Sarah is just awkwardly walking down the end aisle. I had to put that down as a note. I was like, she is walking so awkwardly down because she's just like walking with a little like basket and just like awkwardly staring down an aisle and then being like, no. Checking everyone out. I didn't catch this until the second watch through. They're on three hours of this. She's been in this grocery store for three hours just walking up and down the side. Wait, do they show that or say that? No, they say it. They were like, oh, they say something about it being a like a three hour operation already. Oh, okay. And I was like, I missed that too. I missed it until the second watch through. And then this is where we have our second spot the guest star. And probably our biggest spot the guest star, I would say. I would hazard I don't know, to the, say. The, the uh, child psychologist who's the dad. Oh, okay. Manners. True. He's up there. He, he's up there. He's on okay. par, I would he's say. On, yeah. Okay. So Different we, decade. We have our second spot the guest star, who is Rain Wilson, whose credit in this episode is guy in supermarket you probably better know him as dwight from the office dwight schrute and i say that as someone who's never watched the office and i still know that he's dwight from the office. i was gonna say i was gonna say i assume you know who this person is i, do I know don't know if you've is. ever seen the office i've never seen the office i uh i suffer from what i like to call secondhand embarrassment so when other people are embarrassed it's painful for me, so I can't watch The Office because it's just full of secondhand embarrassment. Like, there's just, like, really embarrassing things going on, and I can't yeah. handle it. So I have not watched The Office, but I still know that this is going from The Office. So this is Rain Wilson. So he ends up, like, kind of walking past, and then he comes back around, and this is, like, the FBI is, like, oh, like, guy, guy comes back. He a- ends up asking Sarah for a cigarette, they have a bit of a conversation. He's asking her, like, oh, do you live around here? You know, and she's, you know, kind of being creepy. And then he grabs for her purse, which is our, like, you know, because we, we, the audience, are led to believe this could be, even though it's, yeah. like, a little too early in the episode. But we are led to believe that this could be the killer. Here's, like, a creepy guy asking Sarah if she lives nearby, like, kind of scoping out the scene. But then he grabs for her purse. The FBI run in, and that's kind of when we realize, Her pocketbook, oh. right? No, he grabs her purse from the pocketbook. Isn't the pocketbook the small thing and the purse the bigger thing? Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe I'm using the wrong verbiage, yeah. but yeah, yeah, the like clutch, the little yeah, wallet, yeah, yeah. right? So your grabs... checkbook in 2001 would have been yes. held, <laughs> held in that. Would have been held in this. So he grabs that and, you know, FBI goes in, Grissom goes in. This is when we learn that there's been a similar murder at the Monaco, Monaco Hotel. So and Grissom and, oh, go ahead. Before we move on, mm-hmm. shout out to Rain Wilson. For a guy who's only credited as guy in supermarket, guy, he guy had a in lot supermarket. of lines. He did, and he delivered them very well for he like was, a. He was a creep, a supporting actor. Yeah, no wonder he went on to have a successful career. Yeah, by Dwight. landing only one role. 
Yeah, of, but I mean, good for him. I've I've seen a few interviews with Rain Wilson, and he seems like an awesome guy. Yeah, like, yeah he seems he like is. a legitimately like really cool guy. So I'm I'm a supporter, even though I, I, I think he was bound to find a good like I just had to find the right show. He's bound yeah, to do yeah, well because yeah. he's yeah, and I think he's, he definitely has the chops. I also think he's one of those actors like certain actors despise being pigeonholed or known for that one role, and I feel like he fully embraces that everybody knows him as Dwight from The Office. Like he's yeah. totally okay with like yeah, I'm Dwight from The Office. Plus, you know, he doesn't have to work another day in his life. No, which again, good for him. So Grissom and Sarah have a little bit of a back and forth. And this is when Grissom tells her, you know, sometimes the harder thing to do is to do nothing. Right. Basically saying like, you shouldn't have done this. I know like why you wanted to, but like sometimes you just need to sit back and do nothing. And that's the right thing to do, which when there's a killer on the loose, like. So, of, that, so that's how I found the baby Grissom. Yeah, exactly. Who was like shoving all the other samples out of the way to make sure that his his stuff got processed first. But, you know, again, do as I say, not as I do. We go to Grissom and Catherine at the Monaco and they're very quickly picking up discrepancies between the scenes. So like in this scene, the cord is still attached to the lamp wherein the cord had been like ripped away from whatever appliance it had been attached to at all the other scenes. The book's you know, hadn't been disturbed at all. So what's this staged? We're introduced to the husband of the victim, Brad Walden. Comes back around to him pretty soon. But before then, we go to Doc Robbins with Grissom. He's saying that, you know, this fourth victim, very similar MO. But the the sample left behind from the rape was cross-hatched leather which is not what they had seen at earlier crime scenes. So that kind of raised a little bit of a like, oh, that's weird. And then Grissom like pieces out. Like he like runs out the door and the door's like flapping behind him. We go to the FBI investigating or interrogating, I'm sorry, the husband. And the FBI is like, hey, like you spent the weekend apart. That's weird. Like you're, you're supposed to be on this vacation together. And the husband's like, oh, well, you know, I like gamble and she likes to read. So So then just stay home. Like I would, if that's me as a couple, I would have been like, knock yourself out, go to Vegas. I'm going to stay home and read. Why? I I could totally see this being a thing that happens. People go on a vacation for some number of days. Yeah. One of those days, somebody wants to go gamble. Somebody doesn't. Yeah. Or somebody wants to go to Thunder Mountain and somebody doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whatever. Like people have different, slightly different things. And it's like, okay, we're going to do different things in this day. But. Like you gotta, uh, this guy's not really selling it. No, <laughs> I no. like to read. Wasn't the appropriate response? No, it was not a hundred percent. And so Grissom enters, and this is where he kind of lays his cards down on the table. Here, here I am with my Vegas references, and he's telling the husband like, "Oh, you like to play golf, but your carrier is locked. So can you unlock your carrier?" And they're they're kind of alluding to one of the clubs could have been used in the in the rape. And the husband's trying to say like, oh, well, if he did like that, that's not on me. And Grissom's like, OK, but then like, how did he get the club out of your case and then back into your case without having the key? I think and- the best part of this whole scene is the guy put it back in the case. You put it back in the case. Why would you put it back in the case? Even though I'm on team like picking locks isn't hard. I mean, in Skyrim, I'm really good at it. I'm really good at it in Skyrim. And that was like a pretty crappy golf case lock. Anyone could have got through that. But at the same time, like, why would you put it back in your case? You really didn't like your wife. You murdered her. And now you're going to go play nine holes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with with the club that you used to violate (sighs) her. 
Yeah, and I know that Nick likes a good match, so they do like a little, they do a little match. He oh, yeah. be like, oh, yep, see, there's this like, fit this yep, this piece? is where like, Nick likes a good match, so they did a little match. And the glove don't fit. This is when he's arrested for not only his wife's murder, but all the murders. <laughs> he is, he is the full murderer across the board. So they arrest him for all of the murders. And which prompts Grissom to go out with the FBI in the hallway, and Grissom is saying like, he didn't. Like, he probably killed his wife. Like, that's fair. We don't... But even Grissom Grissom admits we might not have enough evidence to prove that he even killed his wife. But, like, we really can't prove that he killed the other three women. Like, we really have nothing to show that he killed all the the other three women. I actually uh, am in favor of charging him with all the other murders. Because there's no downside to it, right? Well, except that the murderer is still on the loose. Well, yeah. I guess the problem is it doesn't mean you give up all... uh, attempts to yeah i think the idea is that the fbi was going the fbi was gonna be like we're done like wash our hands queen of this they believe it too much because if nothing else maybe give this guy a plea to the murder his wife in exchange for dropping yeah for dropping the other other charges yeah fair we then go to culpepper the fbi agent at a press conference saying like we got him here's our guy and as is going on grissom and Catherine are talking and we learned that the husband walden was having an affair so you know he had good reason to kill his his wife and then the same reporter (laughs) that scared nick talks to grissom and grissom admits that he doesn't think that they have the killer like she says like oh have we arrested the strip strangler and Chris like, like no we I like how it. he tries to do the right thing and if you ask him a second time he was like yeah he breaks and then he's just like I'm out I, yeah. he, you know what it is he got emotional jeez Grissom yeah, you gotta yeah. leave the emotions keep behind. your emotions under control Grissom stop having it be so personal seriously chillax we go to Grissom with the sheriff and he wants to know why Grissom is like counteracting, you know, what what was said at the press conference. And this is when we also learn that Grissom is being sent on a quote unquote holiday Paid because he was playing leave. with the sheriff's career. So he's being put on put on leave and being Hope the sheriff to... gets promoted soon. He's been, we shall see. He's been we meddling in a lot of affairs. Yeah. So we then go to we go to the team in the locker room. And the general consensus is that it's not fair that Grissom is being removed. And this is where we also learn that Catherine is now the boss. So Sheriff has has indeed usurped Grissom and put Catherine in his place. We then go to Grissom at his home. We see as he's like kind of looking through some of the evidence, a reenactment of the crime. Catherine enters. I guess Grissom just leaves his door open. So yeah. Catherine just came on, came on in. She said it was... Open or unlocked? I can't remember. I think she said, I have door open, but okay. it it could be either way. And we learned that Catherine passed on the job because she she does want to get promoted, but she wants to get promoted on merit. She doesn't want to get promoted because Grissom's terrible at politic. Yeah. And she lets Grissom know that as far as she's concerned, or I mean, she lets him know, not even as far as she's concerned, she lets him know that the entire team are civilians as long as Grissom is a civilian. They're all not going to be working until Grissom is back to work. So we then have the team minus Catherine examining cases at Grissom House. So they're kind of sitting around his table, looking over the past cases, trying to find some commonalities, find some, you know, something that sticks out to them. We then go to Catherine with Greg Sanders and... We learn that the semen from that is mixed with the ketchup uh, shows up in the database. 
So we have a we have a DNA DNA match, which I struggled with this timeline because I swear they said he got out of jail. J- got out of jail. So? I thought they two said days da- two days ago. Yeah, I yeah. So this brings us to Grissom and Catherine going into a bar, and they talk to the bartender who is the DNA match, and he's letting them know that the last place you would find him would be a woman's bedroom. And they're trying to be like, oh, like, but you do you know these women? And and this this might end up being the title of our episode because I love this line so much. His response to them is, that's straight boy stuff. <laughs> like, I'm not killing women. <laughs> that's let's, straight boy stuff. Unless we're picking out shades or something. Yeah, let's we're picking up drapes. Like, and so this is where, and this this never gets followed up on. They just like take him at his word that the, the semen was planted. Oh, yeah. He's a gay guy. He obviously didn't kill these women. Clay, case closed on this front. Uh, <laughs> I do like this episode, but this was like, as I was watching this, I was like, wow, they really give up on this line. Like this line of investigation. Really, really you gotta you gotta read a person, right? You know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. believe what he's saying. Can it seem uh, worried or threatened? Yeah, yeah. Probably doesn't and... fit the uh, profile. Yeah. <laughs> And so we go back to Saren Warwick. We missed with Grissom. His, the best line, which was, "Could you identify them?" And he oh, said, I, yeah. "I would have had to have seen their <laughs> face." Their face. He like chops his teeth. I'm like, oh. <sighs> that one will not be the title of our episode, but it's also a really good line. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good one. So we go, we go to Saren Warwick with Grissom. They're talking about the found fibers, and this is where we learned that all three victims were not members, but did like trials at Strong's gym, and that the towels are from the gym. And then we move to Nick in evidence. He is calling Grissom, and this is where we learn, and listeners, we told you we'd loop back around this. There was like no burnt rubber. So this Sid Goggle guy was saying, oh, this car peeled out of here. There was like burnt rubber. And Nick is saying, no, like there's no picture, you know, like no picture show it. No, there's no notes from like Jim Brass or O'Reilly saying that they they noted this. There's no pictures taken by the senior CSI on the case. Yeah, so there's there's no evidence. Yeah. Uh, FBI walks in. Nick has to pretend that he's talking to his girlfriend and isn't interfering with an investigation that he's not which, supposed to be a which, part of. Which they're not buying. No, 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 no. He's just like, don't don't mess around here. And then we see Grissom flashing back to his conversation with Sid Goggle, which segues us into Grissom back at the apartment complexes. He goes to Sid's apartment. No one there. He kind of like opens the door. The door's open and he kind of mm. looks in. There's nobody there. Sid, he, like Grissom, leaves his door open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone just leaves their door open. It's Vegas. Like, you don't need to air it the door. up. Yeah, yeah. You got to air it up. And he follows, like, there's like, wa- like brown water. Yeah, brown water. So he follows that to the trash and that's where he finds ketchup packets. <laughs> yep, which will have at least one person's fingerprints on it. Yep. Gil Grissom's. <laughs> Yeah. Because he did not wear gloves. Oh, is this where he didn't have the gloves on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, this is the guy you now are really sure is probably the killer. You and are digging like, through his trash. It. 
without gloves on. You strike me as the kind of person who keeps a set of rubber in his wallet at all times. Yes. A rubber glove. A rubber glove at all times. (laughs) As he's, I guess, just touching the trash without gloves on and contaminating evidence. He does use a pen a little. You know, the classic push things around with a pen, but that he definitely picks up, I think, the packet with his fingers. Okay. So as he's doing this, as he's totally negating his duties, he hears laundry. And so he enters the laundry room, and this is where we see the Sid. laundry basement. Yeah, well, I mean to be fair, I've had I I've lived in apartments that laundry was in the basement. So not, this not in Las Vegas, you have no. That have is true. Basements. Oh yeah, they don't generally have basements. Well, they must. No. They, I mean, they, no, they, they probably do. shut no, that no, location. Would, no, 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 they would have basements. It's not like yeah. New Orleans that gets too much water. Well, usually like they get no water, so usually, they probably have basements. Usually, you don't build a lot of basements unless it gets really cold. It's just yeah. more expensive. But yeah. again, it's a commercial buildings are probably very different too. Yeah, yeah. So Sid is at the washer and he's washing gym towels. Crazy enough. Gil Grissom. Sid Goggle. I thought you were too busy with the FBI to talk to me. These investigations are always in flux. Am I uh, interrupting your laundry? Just doing some gym towels. And I just like to think that his whole life he only like showers with like tiny like two, tiny little like <laughs> one foot by two foot gym towels. <laughs> and as he's talking to Grissom, he pulls off his wig. So he's been wearing a wig because as Grissom has deduced, this killer probably like entirely shaves so he doesn't leave any hairs at the scene. So he pulls off yeah. his his wig and shows that he has like a fully shaved head. And Grissom is trying to understand from him, you know, like you did, you took all of these steps for us to not find you. Why would you bring traceable towels mm-hmm. to the crime scene when you, when you took all these other steps? And he's trying to, Sid is trying to say like, oh, like they're not really trace, you know, like. Uh, eh, to, eh. Be, to be fair to the mass murderer. <laughs> Let's cut the serial killer some slack here if, if we shall. They didn't catch him because of the towels. They caught him because he targeted people, but because they went to the gym. That, and they also caught him because he although they got inject, onto the, gi- the gym, he had to inject himself into he had to inject himself into the crime scene. Like That's one true. of the big one of the big things that broke it was Nick was being like, "There's no burnt rubber," and if he had never stepped forward and said like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I heard someone peeling out of here," they never would have giving the signature guys him. returned to the crime scene. Yeah, so this is when his towel gets caught in the agitator, which I didn't know that that's what it was called in the dryer. So it gets caught in the, the, or washer. The, or the washer. Yeah, it's the yeah, part it gets that caught, spins back yeah. and forth on a yeah, top yeah. load. Yeah, so it gets caught in the agitator and Grissom is trying to point out like, hey, like that's something that we could use to prove that like these towels connect back to you. I almost wanted to look that up because I was like, is is that re- like... I don't know. I mean, maybe. I did. I did. Per usual, I did my second walkthrough today. So I didn't really have time to do any research and Sid fairly is kind of like okay if that's the only thing you have against me you know like I'm, I'm not overly concerned and then this is when Grissom shows all of his hands and is like oh but I also have your garbage so it's in a public place so haha I'm just gonna show all of my hands to you serial killer that I know is like tortured women for hours and hours on end and like and spends a lot of time at the gym and spends a lot of time at the gym and this is when Sid attacks Grissom because, duh. Hits him with like a wrench first. In the arm. Yeah. And then Catherine shoots him. 
because Catherine is yeah. the badass that we all know she is. And she just comes down the stairs like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Done. And he did have like a shovel. He picked up like a shovel to like kill. Yeah, to go hit him that. again. And then Catherine was like, boom, boom, boom. So Catherine being a total badass takes care of the situation. The FBI arrives shortly afterwards. Grissom has like one of the lamest, like he's trying to sort of apologize, which he should, because what were you doing? But he has one of the lamest lines. I'm curious to see how you feel about this. Grissom says like, he just wanted to talk. Yeah. No. He, what? He had no, everything about this season says you had no right to be there. You, you didn't want Sarah to be a decoy with like the backup of the FBI and all, you know, like, a lot of fail safes in place, but you think it's okay for you to just go talk to this serial killer with zero backup with no fail safes in place like that. That's okay. But you're going to give Sarah a huge headache for willing to be a decoy, you know, with the FBI's help. I, mm, Grissom, just watch do back. As does I, not make do me as like I you say, as much as I usually do. As I yep. do. do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> We then have the sheriff and the FBI giving another conference and another press conference, and they are giving no credit to the CSI team. They're just full credit to the FBI and like vague references to law enforcement, but no references to CSI. I really liked, I don't know how intentional this was, but the the juxtaposition of this versus last episode with Nick, you got to do it. You know, not for the glory. Oh, uh, oh! I didn't even put that together. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So Warwick, who wasn't part of that conversation, he doesn't need props. He's the first one who says, "We don't need. We know. You know, yeah, we don't. We, know. We, we don't. We don't. We don't, need, we, don't need, we don't need. We don't. We don't need props. Yeah. So and that's why he gets to work the cases alone. Yeah. So the team is at the diner. They're watching this press conference on the TV. Warwick says, "Like, we don't need any props. Like, we're good." Sarah's asking if they have a breakfast budget because none of them have any money, and you know, they have a key, I don't understand they kind of have like why a, they don't have any money. I don't know either. I don't you know have either. a good paying job. Yeah. Is the implication because they haven't been getting paid because but, they all walked but Sarah's, out? But Sarah's not a CSI. So like, who knows what she's She's an unpaid making. intern. She's an unpaid intern. And we have, an, I, will, I, I enjoyed this scene. We have a scene with Grissom and Catherine, you know, as the rest of the, the team is going up to get the food. And Grissom is finally admitting fault and saying like, I shouldn't have put you in that position to Catherine. And was, Catherine again being. I don't know if that was supposed to be a pun. Like it puts you in the position of being in charge. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It was like in the position of having to shoot Sid Goggle. And. I feel like Catherine, she would have wanted to have shot Sid Goggle, right? Well, Catherine being, again, the, just the epitome of badass that she is, is like, I never doubt and I never look back. So I'm good. Don't care that I killed a man. <laughs> like, I just move on with my day and I go on to the next thing. Did what I had to do. Yeah, I did what I have to do. So, Nick, have, have you seen my hot engineer boyfriend? <laughs> my booty call, my hot, my hot engineer booty call. Nick, what did you think about this episode? Uh, I think it was a good premise for a season finale, right? Mm-hmm. As much as I feel like you are on team three cases, not one, right? At least two cases, two not cases, one. Yeah. yeah. But I thought they did. I think this is one of their best all team cases so far it gets a little choppy at the end Mm -hmm. i it's definitely in the better half of the episodes i don't think it would break to like my top three although i'd really have to go through them because it might be in the top five yeah yeah so i agree i am as nick pointed out i generally 
I like, I don't tend to like the one case episodes. They tend to not be my favorite. I will say that I think they did a good job with this being a one case episode. And I think the primary driver behind that is that like everybody played a role. Yep. Because a lot of times when there's one case, it's like one or two people play a major role and then everyone else is kind of like pushed to the side. And I feel like Nick's still a little not the most, but like, you know, he had the scene with the reporter and he had the scene in the evidence room realizing that there wasn't any burnt rubber. I just feel like everyone played a role and like Jim Brass was involved and Doc Robbins was involved. And so Sarah, I, I, Sarah kind of got the short stick. She didn't really have any CSI work. She just got to be a decoy. No, she just got to be emotional and they got to yeah. like, you know, tell her that she wasn't doing a good job because she was being, but she still at least like had a role and she had yeah. a part. So normally and she did I, all the, uh, they did a lot. She did a lot of evidence work actually. She did. She did. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed this. I think probably similar. I don't think this would be my top three, but I think like, maybe top five again i'd have to i'd have to go back and check which we might do we haven't quite decided if our next episode is going to be like a season one recap where we kind of go over like our favorite episodes and least favorite episodes and things like that um or if we're just gonna move on over to to season two we gotta we gotta work on that so normally this is the point where i'd say like oh on our next episode but i'll I'll do this instead on our either on our next episode or the episode after that (laughs) we will be reviewing season two Episode one, Bert. I would and... call it our next regular episode. There yes, our next a bonus yes. episode. Yes, somewhere in between. Well put. Our our we might have a bonus episode in between it. So our next regular episode will be season two, uh, episode one, Bert. And in the meantime, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You Colon a CSI Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter slash X, Instagram, and Threads at Who Are You CSI Pod. And you can email us at Who Are You CSI Pod at gmail.com. But otherwise, we will talk to you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers.